Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. We're live on Joy 99.7 FM here in Accra and Kumasi on Love 99.5 FM. Affiliate across Ghana's 16 regions, myjoyonline.com. We're on Facebook and also on X Spaces. Tonight, accusations of grand scheme in favor of some sitting MPs, confusion in some areas as well as acrimony. Characterized day one of vetting of NPP parliamentary aspirants. We'll get to hear from a disqualified aspirant at the Ayawasu West Wagon constituency who is alleging that the party he offered him money to step down from the contest. I was told I would be paid for everything I spent on this campaign. Gentlemen, I'm not too rich. I don't have so much money. But what we are pushing for is not money. Details of all you missed on the first day of vetting across the country as Energy Minister Mafio Pokuprempe, Katie Hammond and 20 others face vetting committee in the Ashanti region. Also tonight, NDC flag bearer John Dramani Mahama takes a swipe at the Akufuado administration accusing the government once more of reckless mismanagement and brittled corruption and profligate expenditure that's plunged the country into economic calamity. Well, yes, economic mismanagement, corruption... And Akufuado's poor governance and leadership have led to a significant decline in living standards for the ordinary Ghanaian. I have details of his New Year message, which he describes the 2024 budget as one without hope, but an extension of hardship for the people. Also tonight, back off from SML GRA issue. Former Auditor General Daniel Domelevo tells the presidency and parliament as he pushes for the OSP and the Auditor General to take full control of the auditing and investigation of the deal. I think Parliament and the Office of the President should back off and allow the Office of the Special Prosecutor to do its work. Most of the issues have already been reported by Manasseh and the team. They just have to verify it, and if confirmed, then they take the necessary action and save us the additional use of public funds. And in business, Association of Ghana Industries indicates to continue engaging the finance minister and cabinet to review some taxes approved in the 2024 budget. 
And it's also here from former assistant coach of the Black Stars, Max Okunedi, who has backed Chris Hewton's inclusion of Andrea Yu in the Black Stars squad, insisting his leadership will be crucial in helping the Black Stars do well at the AFCON. And are you ready for the biggest party of the year? Is the Joy FM 90s jam. And besides taking you back to the era of baggy jeans, combat boots, the biggest party is promising music lovers tunes that made the 90s pop. And we are ready for the Joy FM 90s jam on Friday. That's it more here on Newsnight. I am MFA. Apaudu, or to join us with your thoughts and comments is via WhatsApp 055 Thanks for your company once again. We settle for the details. And tonight, we start off with the NPP and is the end of the first day of vetting of parliamentary aspirants in 137 constituencies with sitting MPs. The vetting is expected to end on Friday, 5th January 2024. And day one has been full of accusations of grant schemes in favor of some sitting MPs. There's been some confusion in some areas and acrimony, but as overall, being smooth, according to our reporters. We'll start from the greater Accra region uh, where a disqualified NPP parliamentary hopeful of the Ayawasu West Wagon constituency, Samuel Ousu Amankwa has vowed to appeal the decision by the party's vetting committee after alleging that he was offered money to rescind his decision to contest incumbent MP for the area, Lydia Seyram Hassan. My colleague Kenneth Jesse was all over it for us in the greater Accra region and his return uh, to the studios. He's joined me uh, with details. Let's, let's talk about um, what you witnessed today in, in part of of, um, the greater Accra region, at least uh, the centers that you were today. Right. Uh, so they were all stationed at one place, that is uh, uh, one center. And then you had about 32 of them uh, picking nominations. And then the 32 all returned their nomination forms. Mm-hmm. One went unopposed. About 10 people were vetted today. Uh, one was disqualified. That is uh, the gentleman from Ayawaso West Wagon, who is alleging that he was offered money to step aside and mm-hmm. let Lydia Theram Al Hassan go unopposed because they feel that about 17 persons who have been in parliament for uh, a longer time are all leaving. So all the senior members in parliament are going. So they want to protect some of them. And then he's saying that he's going to fight to the end to make sure that he is accepted back. And I know this is a grand scheme against the youth of Ghana. This is not just against Amankwa. This is just against the youth of Ghana. Because I heard somebody say that you are too young. But I tell them, look at J.A. for his excellency. He was a minister at the age of 28. When are the youth going to rise up and then take their future in their own hands? We are going to go through the appeal process as per the guidelines. And then we see what the future holds. I know the law is on our side. Posterity is on our side. God is on our side. And we shall be victorious. I was told I would be paid for everything I spent on this campaign. Gentlemen, I'm not too rich. I don't have so much money. But what we are pushing for is not money. Look, people feel the youth of Ghana are all about money. No, it's about changing the status quo. 
I bet you asked this gentleman about who actually uh, offered to give him that money to step down. Well, yes, I did. And then he refused to give any name or clue as to who could that be. But uh, uh, as you rightly mentioned, he's saying that he's going to appeal the case. Okay. Well, that's not all. You've also been interacting with Dom Kwabinya MP, Ajua Safo. Was, she was vetted today. What exactly. And uh, the embattled MP for Dom Kwabinya says she believes her constituents have forgiven her and will vote to retain her in office after her infamous long stay in the U.S. two years ago, which ended up infuriating most of the voters in her constituency. You know when you're a parent and your child does something wrong and you pick up a, a belt or a cane to beat up the child and the child immediately kneels and says mommy i'm sorry you'll be you, you you'll be touched and you leave the cane or the belt it takes a woman of courage it takes a courageous politician to accept that i've done something wrong forgive me and that is what has touched the hearts of the people of domekwabinya and i know they still would vote me into power well, so that's um, Adjoa Safu. We right. know her actual rival is uh, Mike Okwe Jr. Right. He was also voted today. Yes, and uh, he, uh, Adjoa Safu succeeded Mike Okwe's father, that is Mike Okwe Sr. And then Mike Okwe Jr. believes that he's going to be third time lucky after losing twice mm -hmm. to Sarah Adjoa Safu on two previous occasions. We were very confident, but at the same time, we are humbled to acknowledge that Everything is up to God. I contested the first time in 2011. I lost. I didn't contest in 2016 because I didn't want it to look like you are chasing a seat around. I wanted to give ample time for two terms before I came again in 2011, uh, 2020. That didn't work. But by the grace of God, we have more confidence this time. We believe that we can even do it better this time. So let the best candidates win. Well, so that's uh, Michael Kwe Jr. there. Um, that's the situation uh, with the candidate in uh, Dom Kwabinya. And you heard my colleague Kenneth Jesse there interacting uh, with some of them, some of the candidates. Let me take you to the Ashanti region now. And uh, we're told that, of course, 30 or 20 others uh, will have been facing the committee today, including uh, Matthew Poku Prempe and Katie Hammond. My colleague Nana Bwachi Dankwaiyadom was there for us and he joins us on the line with details of what we know. Nana, what can you report? Well, MFA, the process has been set. Um, what's more today are the two centers in the Ashanti region, the Kofum Party Office and also the Office of the Vice President, Dr. Laji Mahmoud Balmian, the Asopa Constituency. And over 20 incumbent members of parliament, alongside the Energy Minister, who doubles as MP for Minshia South, and Dr. Matthew Foku and also the Minister responsible for trade and industry, who doubles as the Member of Parliament for Adamsi, Asopa Kiki Amon, passed through the vacant um, process today. And mm. so generally, the process was smooth at the two centers that we visited throughout the day. The only issue we can mm -hmm. record, we can talk, up, talk up, is that what happened at the Kofum Regional Office where um, one aspirant was asked to come back tomorrow after missing out some required documents for the vacant process. And also, the letter that we have started seeking the disqualification of Mr. Sameh been for DAPA, um, an aspirant for the Adamse Africa constituency. The letter we cited um, has the signature of the incumbent member of parliament, KC Amont, and also 14 executives of the Adamse Africa constituency who are alleging that Mr. Bento DAPA is not part of the constituency and also he has contributed less to the progress of the NPC in the Adamse Africa constituency. 
Well, so that's the concern uh, of uh, these um, petitioners. How many of are these petitioners, though, uh, including Katie Hammond? Well, Anata, we have 14 petitioners, including um, the Honorable Member of Parliament and Minister for Trade and Industry, Katie Hammond. We spoke to Mr. Katie Hammond um, after his visit. We asked him about the petition. Well, his concern is that uh, Mr. Samit Benfudakwa um, hasn't been in the constituency for a while. And so he cannot attest to the fact that Mr. Samit Benfu is part of the constituency and his name can even be found, or whether his name can even be found in the books of the MPP in the Adansia Soka constituency. And you've been interacting with the vetting committee after today's process. What have they been telling you? Well, we spoke to the chairman of the, um, the vetting committee, Henry Nanabwaki. Well, he says that the process has been smooth. They will continue tomorrow. Well, we asked him also about the petition. He says that the committee will sit later um, after the vetting process, which is ending on Friday, and then check through it and bring out a statement to that effect. Thank you very much. That's my colleague, Nana Bwachid Dankwaiyadom, there. We've been monitoring the vetting process, day one of the vetting process across the country today, and we've been bringing you what we found in the Greater Okra region and the Ashanti region. Earlier, we brought you a report uh, from the Northern region, the situation in Bimbila, amongst others. We'll be checking on our reporters as and when we get more, we'll bring that to you subsequently. But let me bring in the General Secretary of the NPP, Justin Kodiafrimpong. We are grateful for your time here on Newsnight. So, from your monitoring, in terms of the reports that you've got today across the centres, what's your overall assessment of proceedings today, you'd say? Uh, good evening and Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. And also to remind you that you owe me my Christmas present stuff. So. You see, um, defence and attack, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, yes, as uh, per the party's um, timetable, um, the vetting for candidates who picked and submitted their forms to the party uh, supposed to have started today, the third, and end on Friday, the fifth. And uh, by the close of day on Friday, we are expecting to vet over 380 uh, party men and women. Uh, I can say that uh, from the reports that I've gotten uh, so far across the country, uh, it's very positive, and we are looking forward to see how tomorrow and Friday will go. Well, maybe positive from where you sit, but at least um, I'm sure the, the situation at Bimbila has been brought to your attention. For instance, the concerns that has been raised, it looks like there's some grand scheme to protect some party bigwigs. Let's start from Bimbila. We've been hearing from uh, the, the, the aspirants there who says you have personally intervened in the matter. What's your own reading of the situation? Let's start with Bimbila. Uh, MFR, to, to conduct primaries in over 135 constituencies and also to vet over 380 people. Certainly, you can't have a perfect uh, uh, vetting process. And uh, as human as we are, we are faced with uh, everyday challenges. And it's our duty as leaders of the party to address them as and when uh, they come up. And with respect to the issue of uh, Bimbila, I, I think it's very unfortunate because um, there has been the clear directive that uh, any person who picks forms or who intends to submit forms should not be denied, neither should the person be disqualified. This, uh, it, it is at vetting stage that the vetting committee will scrutinize the various uh, nomination forms to, de- to, de- to determine whether a person has been able to file uh, properly. 
So it was even wrong to start with for the constituency or the region to have even issued status statements. That's why I needed to come in to correct that anomaly. So how exactly are you dealing with that um, anomaly that you talk about in terms of corrections? Yeah, it has rectified. So the person will appear before the vetting committee, I think, tomorrow. Okay. Well, but um, how about uh, your response to the issues about the grant scheme, at least, other, on the party's front or the, the level of the party hierarchy to protect some of the party bigwigs and stop others from contesting them? How do you respond to that? So when you talk about the party, I'm not part of it. Yes, you are. And you agree with me that as the person said, I've intervened to correct that normally. So it, it cannot be true for anyone to say that there's a grand scheme. If there's a grand scheme, then the person will not be allowed to come for Britain. So there's nothing of that sort. Okay, so the situation is not just in Bibila. I'm sure you've been hearing from um, the Ayawaso West Wogon. There's an aspirant there also who's been interacting with my colleague. You heard him mention that um, somebody from the party has already, uh, you know, approached him uh, to step down from contesting Lydia Seira Malhassan, for instance. Well, 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 there, there, there is the same that he who alleges has got to prove. So for him to have made that statement... Then he needs- if you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. To come and prove <laughs> the party has a process, mm-hmm. it starts with the veteran. So, if based on recommendation of the veteran committee, which is not even out, you feel disgruntled or you feel dissatisfied by it, there is a process of appeal. So, whatever situation that happened can be, if indeed it's not proper or, 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 or it was done without uh, following the due process, can be corrected at the appeals level. So, you have not even file your appeal, the report is not being out and you are, you are making allegations. That's even a serious uh, uh, a matter that when it comes to uh, the appeals, should he even appeal, he will be asked to prove as to who and who uh, came to see him to give him money for him to step down. But are you able to give the assurance that these are allegations, at least if generally these are some of the concerns that have been raised as a general secretary at your level, at least, even though you have an appeals process in place, these are issues that you would want to look into if there are concerns that there's a deliberate attempt to protect or the system wants to protect some bigwigs? MFA, one thing that you must know is that we have been very consistent from day one, even from the presidential primaries. We've uh, carried it to uh, the often constituency primaries also. That the leadership of this party has maintained a very impartial position to make sure that at least the process will be free, fair, and transparent. And we continue and will continue to stand by it. So whatever we need to do to make sure that at the end of the day, we get 
uh, good candidate to stand for the party. It's something that we are going to do. We are not going to deny any person uh, from contesting when the person qualifies to contest. So I can rest assured the rank and file of our party that we are resolute to make sure that we have a successful uh, parliamentary process. Okay. Well, we have day two and day three to go. You can assure that the system will remain transparent and fair. Exactly so. Well, and just before I let you off, though, uh, we the primaries will still remain on the 27th of January as scheduled, or anything will change? Yes, yeah, so, so, so far, so Okay, we are grateful. That's the General Secretary of the NPP, Justin Kudriafimponde, uh, interacting with us on day one of the NPP vetting of NPP aspirants contesting uh, in sitting MPs' constituencies. And uh, we've been hearing from some of my colleagues also who've been dealing with this situation. We'll stay a while longer in the election headquarters. We've been hearing from political scientist Dr. Kwame Asasante, uh, who says it's about time that government reshuffles its ministerial appointees. He was speaking on the A show on the Joy News channel, he argued that the non-performing ministers are not aiding to fulfill the developmental agenda of government and its um, quest to deliver on promises. You recall uh, the General Secretary we've been hearing uh, at a, their Thanksgiving asked the President uh, that it's time to actually uh, reshuffle some non-performing ministers and ask those who are sabotaging the party to stop. But reacting to this comment, Dr. Asasanti says, if government does not reshuffle, it may regret its actions later to change uh, the team players reshuffle so to speak and bring more energies to bear on the work of government government has been so adamant in this regard and uh, anytime you talk about it the government seems to have different ideas or that the government tells you that they are doing well and that he's waiting for results and other where are the results uh, the things that we said which were rejected i'm happy the general secretary, it has done on him. I've said it time and again that, look, if we talk and we talk and government will not listen, the realities will done on the government one day. And I'm happy we are here that the realities have done on the party. If you, as an individual, you don't have the capacity to leave office on your own accord, the government should force you out. After all, it's the government that appoint, appointed you. And it's the government that will, will disappoint you at any time too. But what do you think? Should there be a reshuffle and who should stay and who should go? Here are some of your thoughts. The road minister and the finance minister must go. I believe they have performed abysma to my best of interest. And I don't think they are supposed to hold on their portfolios. With the finance minister, we could see the loops. Even pensioners who have served and on retirement. You have dipping their hands in their monies to reform financial sector in Ghana. It's wrong. With the road minister, you shut down the tow boots that can give you a little money to repair some roads. And now we have mountains and gallipers in our road. In these perceptions, I think they have failed woefully, and they have to go. I personally don't want to single out a minister and say, you should resign. But this goes to all the ministers. If you know you have been given the ministerial position and you are not performing up to your expectation, you should consider the masses, the suffering of Ghanaians, and for the sake of God, and then you resign. Moses and him, or Yadu Kramet, two class or Kasao Parliament to Buddha. Your Honor Moya constituency or Honor MP or Tuninancy won't Buddha. So he's also uh, mentioning Moses and him to resign because, according to him, he's also the member of parliament for his constituency and he has never heard him utter a word in parliament, nor has he seen him in his constituency since he was voted for. Some of your views there in that interaction with my colleague, 
Ken, Jesse. Now, flag bearer of the position NDC, John Dramani Mahama, is lashing out at the Okufuado administration once more, accusing the government of reckless mismanagement, unbridled corruption, and profligate expenditure. Delivering his New Year message in Tamale, the former president said the 2024 budget, which was expected to offer hope to the people, will only extend the economic hardship many Ghanaians are struggling to grapple with. The challenges, the failed Okufuado Baumia administration has inflicted on us through their reckless mismanagement of the economy, poor governance, barefaced corruption, and profligate expenditure at the expense of socioeconomic and infrastructural development. 2023 has been nothing but a continuation of the years of hardship, the high cost of living, and poverty for the Ghanaian people. The 2024 budget provides no hope for an improvement in our circumstances. A raft of new tax measures have been slapped on us, to raise an sought to squeeze the last blood from Ghanaians through located to the office of the president from 1.4 billion Ghana cities to over 2 billion Ghana cities. Clear case of asking the people to tighten their belts while the president loosens his. Bamiya's economic mismanagement, corruption, and Akufuado's poor governance and leadership have led to a significant decline in living standards for the ordinary Ghanaian. He indicated that the people are now living under a situation he described as an economic calamity. Finding a job to support your family or witnessing the erosion of our national pride due to mismanagement. My brothers and sisters, I feel your pain, your despair. The MPP has brought economic calamity on us. This is not just a matter of Mahama saying so. We all now know that drastic action is needed to reset our nation on the right path. That process must start in earnest with the 2024 presidential and parliamentary elections. We have a crucial election in December, and I'm happy to present myself as the man with the experience Ghana needs today to take us out of the doldrums that we have been plunged into. We require nothing short of a team of experienced Ghanaians committed to righting the wrongs of the last seven years and working together with the citizenry to build the Ghana we want, a prosperous Ghana with many opportunities to benefit everyone. Well, he shared his vision of tackling the economic challenges, citing a number of interventions he intends implementing when elected into power. One of my key priorities will be to address the high level of unemployment and meet the aspirations of our youth. My team and I, under the auspices of the National Democratic Congress, have developed a comprehensive plan which will be shared with businesses, academia, civil society to contribution and skills development. While providing jobs for the youth, will also encourage business ownership and entrepreneurship amongst them. In April 2025, the new NDC government shall introduce a new budget to support as an incentive for job creation. At the heart of my vision for economic revitalization is the implementation of a 24-hour economy. This innovative policy seeks to maximize productivity and efficiency by extending business hours and operations around the clock. Doing so will create a more dynamic and vibrant economy that benefits workers and businesses. A 24-hour economy will increase economic output and create well-paying jobs. It will also contribute to a more inclusive and accessible society, giving people the flexibility to work, to study, to shop, and enjoy leisure activities at any time that suit them best. The 24-hour economy will succeed because we shall provide improved security and public safety, which will require massive recruitment into the security services and private security operations. My government will provide cheaper and more reliable electricity for those participating businesses based on a time-of-use tariff system. Companies that sign up for the 24-hour economy 
will benefit from modern smart meters calibrated to charge a lesser tariff per kilowatt hour for power that is consumed during off-peak hours. Businesses that subscribe to the 24-hour economic policy will receive further tax incentives to reduce the cost of their operations and enhance their competitiveness. That's former President John Dramani Mahama in his New Year message delivered earlier uh, today. And uh, we'll be, we have more on that on myjoyonline.com. And just before we go for business, uh, there's mounting pressure on anti uh, audit giant KPMG not to follow through with the president's decision to audit the contentious contract between Strategic Mobilization Limited, SML, and the Ghana Revenue Authority. We know the presidency earlier indicated in a statement the terms of reference for the audit firm to follow through and provide recommendations. We've been hearing from the former Auditor General, Daniel Domelevo, asking indeed Parliament and also the Presidency to back off from this deal and allow the OSP and the Auditor General freehand to audit this particular contract. To be honest with you, uh, when I read the communication from the presidency, I loved. The opening remark referred to KPMG as the reputable audit tax and advisory services. It's not true that they are the only reputable, so it's one of them. So it should be a reputable, not there. That is a, a ploy to be able to say that since they are the only reputable uh, firm to do the job, they can single source them. Again, if the president is interested in an audit to be done, Article 187, Clause 8 of the Constitution mandates the president on advice from the Council of State to request the Auditor General to do such an audit. The report will have been made public for all of us to be able to understand. And of course, if there are any wrongdoing, there's the possible or the possibility of disallowance and surcharge if it is done by the Auditor General. Again, the report or the issue has been reported already by, to the OSP, so he seized with the case. I don't know why we will not allow the OSP to do the audit instead of engaging KPMG to do what state institutions are mandated to do. I've also heard that Parliament has requested or has authorized the finance committee to do this audit. Let me say that I think that as much as we are worried about corruption, we must also be worried about wastage of or waste of public resources. These are all waste of public resources. We have institutions given this mandate to protect the public purse. We should use them instead of engaging uh, KPMG. Let me say many times they throw dust into our eyes as if these institutions are so efficient and specialized in things which the public sector cannot do. When I was going to do the state liability audit in 2017, I was pushed to use the firms. I refused. And our report is there. Everybody liked it. KPMG, let me disclose that mm. where the firms engaged to do the audit of the central medical stores, which was bent. What has happened to their report? Their report came to me. I referred it to the Attorney General at that time. The Attorney General came back and said, yeah, he can't prosecute anybody based upon this report. That's the former Auditor General, Daniel Domelevo, taking us to business with Emma Davis. Hello, Emma. Hi, MFR. Business. business on news night is first brought to you by mtn business kingdom books and stationery syntax tanks and pepsodent herbal and charcoal 
straight to our stories tonight. The Association of Ghana Industries has indicated to continue engaging the Minister of Finance and Cabinet to review some taxes approved in the 2024 budget. This is to ensure that industries are not overburdened with taxes as the economy shows signs of recovery. Chief Executive Seth Chumakwabwa, who disclosed this to Joy Business, said some specific taxes in the budget could have been more targeted rather than generalizing them. If you take matches, we have local production capacity, which is far in essence of what we need. Indeed, if you, the local producers, if you put them together, the total production or installed capacity is 50% more than the whole country needs. And therefore, what should you encourage importation by reducing or exempting them from, from import duties? So those are the details we have to work on. But I'm sure as we engage government to understand where we're coming from, that in the midst of trying to help, trying to come out with policies, policies should not be overly generalized. You need to look at specific situations where they can run counter to your very objective, good, noble objective that we have. So those ones are the ones that we will look at. So generally speaking, uh, the, the tax waivers and the duties that we, uh, duty exemptions we got were good. The ones that were not tackled, I think we have to continuously engage government and see how best we can reposition those taxes. Seth Chumakwabwa is the chief executive of the Association of Ghana Industries. The government borrowed 16.34 billion CDs via Treasury bills, about 6.62% increase over the month of November 2023. This was to refinance matured bills worth 12.83 billion CDs. Here's more in this report. The excess uptake was used to cover other budgetary needs. Investor demands for T-bills remained robust in December 2023 as the Treasury received bids of 16.35 billion cities versus a combined target of 16.12 billion cities. Yields saw mixed performance on a month-on-month basis with a 91-day bill declining to 29.36% while the 182-day advanced to 31.95%. The 364-day yield recorded a 74 basis points declined to 32.46%. Analysts anticipate high auction uptakes in January 2023 to present upside pressures to TBO's yields. Though continued disinflation may slow the rise. If, infl- if inflation continues to decline, yields will come down. That was a business desk report. Meanwhile, Head of Trading at Republic Securities, Edema Gama, says interest rates are expected to go down in the coming weeks, despite the government's high appetite for Treasury bills. According to him, this will be influenced by the ease in inflation and a relatively stable exchange rate regime during the latter part of 2023. He has been explaining to Joy Business the outlook of the Treasury market. We are expecting interest rates to actually trend downwards, depending on how the exchange rate goes and all that. So um, when this happens, we, we expect um, the appetite from, from the government to also remain the same, like we've seen for last year, and investors will, will take advantage of that as well. That was Edema Gama, head of trading at Republic Securities, ending business on Newsnight. 
Thank you very much, Emma. Enjoy the rest of the evening. And we'll catch you Thank on the Joy you. News channel yes. as she brings you business on Joy News Prime. Now, Office of the Special Prosecutor has cited lack of um, cooperation, hostility towards its officers among others as reasons for its decision to terminate investigations into the famous um, parliamentary bribery scandal by a businessman. You recall that in November 2022, Pressure Group um, Occupy Ghana petitioned the OSP to investigate a Santiachim North uh, MP and the Apiakubi's bribery allegations leveled against a certain wealthy businessman who attempted to walk down, uh, talk down some 80 uh, majority MPs who called for the resignation of Finance Minister Ken Furiata ahead of the uh, budget presentation. Well, we can listen to what uh, Andy Apiakubi told my colleague Raymond Nakwa on upfront. Did you take money to change your mind? Did we take money? Yes. You think we will do that? And I'm saying that I want somebody, one person, or anybody from where anybody associated with any such person who thinks I can give money. Anybody. If I hear anybody working for any any of such persons or if working for well, institutions, we are speaking in a vacuum. Which persons and institutions are you talking about? I am saying that mm-hmm. if you are saying were we motivated by money, yes. I said no. But I want somebody from where you think they can uh, they can find bring money. Maybe from government. Yes, but government is the only party in this case. Yes. Why are you giving money by government so to I change want, your mind? I want anybody from government, from government institution, from institution owned by members of government. Mm-hmm. If, say, you are a minister of state or you are a government functionary okay. and you own Joy FM, I, if I hear somebody from Joy FM making an allegation of that nature, that notwithstanding the fact that it's not coming from you, I will come out with information. I want somebody to do that. Sorry, now, what do you mean by information? Information that you are bribed or you are not bribed? I will come out with information that we are beyond the bribes. So you are approached with bribe. I am saying that we are beyond that. Our motivation is not the financial inducement. We don't have money in our pocket, but at least we have conscience. We- well, so that's uh, Andy Apiakubi in that engagement with Raymond Nakwa on Affront. Well, after eight months of investigations, the Office of the Special Prosecutor in a report today says it's unable to continue the matter because the key witness, which is Andy Apiakubi, has refused to cooperate. Well, my colleague James Savage joins me in studio with details of that statement. Let's start with this said wealthy businessman. What did the OSP find? Yes, however, so we know that from the onset of uh, this allegation, it was unclear who exactly uh, this particular uh, worthy businessman was. But the OSP says an enhanced investigation and intelligence gathering through confidential sources and the examination of uh, uh, the attendance of persons at Parliament on uh, October 1 uh, uh, has led to this particular uh, person. They, they say that pointed seemingly irresistible to this particular person who they will not name but describes as a well-known business uh, Ghanaian businessman. Now, the OSB uh, also said that uh, uh, they brought, uh, in fact, after locating him, they brought him for interview as well. But he was not clear on whether he attended Parliament House on the said date. Uh, he also denied ever meeting a section of MPs in offering and offered them uh, money to abort their demand for the resignation or removal of uh, the minister. Uh, it was, however, established that his 
he frequently attends Parliament House. The OSB further established that from the intelligence gathered, it uh, actually appears uh, the wealthy businessman did in fact attend, uh, attempted uh, bribing the um, the majority caucus uh, in Parliament and uh, with the intention to remove the finance minister. But uh, it appears that the monetary offer, according to the OSB, was rejected by the MPs. Well, what about the two MPs who raised the allegations? First, uh, let's start with uh, Andy Apiakubi, who admitted to the OSP that, yes, he granted an interview uh, to our channel and made those claims. He, however, refused to watch the interview when the OSP asked to play it back to him to authenticate that. But the OSP went ahead to play it to him anyway. Uh, he effectively... Uh, in fact, invoked his right to remain silent uh, when he was questioned further. He refused to disclose the identity of the uh, of the members of parliament who were present at the meeting, as uh, as well as the businessman involved. He also refused to disclose the amount of money uh, offered to the MPs. He then refused to answer all other questions posed to him. The USB says uh, Mr. Apiakubi showed open hostility to eight officers and uh, he was unyielding uh, in his resolve to uh, cooperate with their investigation. Indeed, he flatly refused to cooperate with the USB, though he had stated that he would fully cooperate with the investigations and though he declared to the media earlier that, uh, uh, in fact, subsequently after the investigations that he indeed cooperated with them. And now on the part of the majority leader, Sechemen Sabunsu, the OSP says he denied direct knowledge of the matter. He denied knowledge of the said businessman and the exact money he offered to the MPs. The majority leader stated that his limited knowledge of the matter was based on largely uh, rumors that were circulated on the issue and the uh, interview and the Apiakuvi granted to us. So, in essence, the OSP says it's unable to continue the investigation. Exactly. MFA, uh, they said that the circumstances of the case are such that the cooperation and testimony of the accusers are essential uh, for a successful prosecution of the matter. It is also, uh, they said they are aware of the fact that they can subpoena the accuser to give out the information should criminal proceedings be instituted against the identified suspect. But the evidence they have are not compelling enough to go ahead with the matter. And so uh, uh, the special prosecutor directs that the investigation into the case be closed, especially uh, as those who raise the allegation are not willing to adduce evidence to support same. Interesting. And thank you very much, James Aveji, taking us uh, through the details of that OSB um, communication. But let me bring in anti-corruption campaigner, Vitas Azim. We are grateful for your time here on Newsnight, listening uh, to the reasons that the OSP gives for which reason he's able, unable to continue this particular investigation. Are they tenable? Hello, Mr. Azim. Yeah, good evening. Thank you very much. Um, if you could hear me, you would have to reduce the volume of the set behind you because we're having a feedback from that set. Okay. Okay, so I'm asking, uh, listening to the, the reasons that the OSP gives for which reason he has to discontinue this particular investigation. Are they tenable to you? I don't think that the, the reasons are tenable. How did the 87 parliamentarians, MPs, MPP MPs, decide not to pursue the matter? That's one question you'd be asking. Two, why did they make those allegations if they were unfounded? If they didn't have a basis. Three, can the Office of Special Prosecutor 
compel the people to give evidence. Doesn't he have the powers to compel these people to give evidence? So, based on that, I think that the excuse, the reason given by the Office of Special Prosecutor are not tenable. Well, he, he mentioned that, yeah, he can uh, compel them to do that. But it appears when they appeared, at least Andy Appear Kubi's case, he appears and says he's unable uh, to speak on the matter. He, he pleads that he will remain silent on the matter. And the special prosecutor thinks that he doesn't have enough evidence to, uh, to go on and investigate or let alone prosecute this matter. Hello, Mr. Azim. Well, it appears that um, we've lost uh, Mr. Azim, uh, Vice Minister Azim there on the line, but at least um, he mentions that um, the reasons given by the Office of the Special Prosecutor is not tenable for him. So uh, we've been hearing uh, details from that particular statement. Uh, the Special Prosecutor uh, says that he's aware of the fact that it can subpoena the accuser uh, of the information and should criminal proceedings be instituted into or against the identified suspect. But the evidence they have, as we speak, is not compelling to go ahead with that. So he's directed that investigations into the matter be closed, especially as those who raise the allegations are not willing to adduce evidence to support same. We are unable um, to speak to Andy Apia Kubi. He had agreed to speak to us on the pulse but um, at the last moment we are unable uh, to reach him on this matter. Uh, but that's what we know. But reacting to the report, Member of Parliament for Tamale Central, Mutala Mohammed says he's not surprised by the outcome of the investigation because he believes the Asantia Chim North MP made the allegations under pressure that statement i said he made that statement because they knew that some of us had some information that there was an attempt to bribe them i said this on your on your program so it was not to demonstrate independent mindedness as a member of parliament in a caucus he was making that statement to preempt the information some of us had that there was an attempted bribery of the NPP caucus in parliament. Now, if you made that statement and the office of the special prosecutor is investigating a matter, what is your beef? You remember when the statement was also made that they rejected the bribe and also when they came out and insisted that the minister for finance be forced to resign or sacked. People who work on democratic governance hailed them. Nasa Mutala Mohammed there speaking on the pulse with Blessed Sugan. Let's do sports. Good to see you, Ms. Bell. Yeah, I'm for a happy new year to happy you. Year, well, dear. it's mm-hmm. just eleven days to the start of the Africa Cup of Nations tournament in Ivy Coast. And uh, of course we already know the twenty-seven man squad that the Black Stars will be using at the tournament. Now, one player who featured in it is Skipper Andre Ayu. Now, former assistant coach of the Black Stars, Maxwell Kunedu, has been speaking about Andrea Yu's inclusion in the squad. And he says that his leadership quality will help the team to perform well at the tournament. He's been a leader from day one. You know, those of us who know him very well from home, you can tell that uh, this is how we developed to become. Apart from that, he has also contributed a lot. For me, sometimes the way we treat uh, our leaders or some of our legends, it hurts, you know? It's very, very important. I spoke about a unifier, a leader, somebody who is a team player. 
when it comes to uh, crime decision making, you take all these things into consideration. That's Maxwell Kennedy. Well, uh, one local player who was included in the squad is Richmond Lamte, who plays for Kumasiya Sante Kotoko. And uh, he's been speaking to the club about the opportunity to play for the Black Stars. Growing up, um, it was and it was in mind that I wanted to play, uh, especially for the uh, Black Stars. And for, for me to be included uh, in, in the uh, 27-man squad, it's an honor. And I'm very happy. Well, uh, it's, it's a dream come true. And I'd like to say, uh, you know, giving up is not an option um, because we, we, we know what, and we all know what I went through. Yeah. No, I'm not going to disappoint them. And I really thank them. And, and they should keep on supporting me. Uh, that's Richmond Lamb today. Well, so the Black Stars are in Kumasi. They held their second training session today at the uh, Dr. Kwame Chase Sports Complex. They'll play Namibia on January 8th in a friendly. And on January 14th, they'll play their first game in the tournament against Cape Verde. But the tournament itself starts on January 13th. That's it for that. sports. Is Kudu's in? Uh, he'll be in on Thursday. He'll be in on a Thursday alongside Inaki Williams and Jordan Ayu. And we are winning the cup. Yeah, yeah. I saw a comment somewhere that when we win, it's Ivory Coast is not far from Ghana. So we'll do a road trip <laughs> through to Elubo. Charlie Jama, he will come to Accra. Yeah. I'm breaking the positive energy. Yeah, man. It's got to happen. It's got to happen. It's got to happen. Charlie, we believe. Yeah. But aren't we going? Did you go to, for the Singathon? Um, I wanted to go to the Cookathon because Charlie, do you know? The yeah, food. Do you know? <laughs> Let's talk about Fadi. Yeah. Faila. Yeah. Share Faila. Yeah. yeah. It's still ongoing and uh, she's going strong. Three days into the Guinness World Record Cookathon competition. She has prepared 60 different dishes and served over 500 meals. Sumptuous meal, I'm told, to patrons supporting her. Not that kind of meal. Well, the whole of Tamale is awash with her cooking prowess, following the vice president 30,000 city donation to her. Martina Bugri earlier spoke to a member of her management team on how she's faring. What they are telling her is that she needs to be worried about her fatigue. Should, in case she's getting tired or she's feeling anyway, she needs to let the medical team know so that they can be on top of it. But apart from that, every single person, TTH, from six MRS, everybody is on board, even Tolek, that is the psychology unit as well. They are there to support her every step of the way. So they are there 110%. The support is amazing. Everybody is coming from every area. Is it Chogu? Is it Yapasi? Is it Zayuri? Is it Gumani? Everybody from every corner of the northern region have been here to support. Both old and young, pregnant women, old men, old every single person you can think about has been represented here. Well, and she's hoping to break 119 hours Guinness World Record in cooking, and she'll definitely do that. We wish her all the best. And whilst we're doing that, we are getting ready for the Joy FM 90s jam. Is bag bigger and better? And we're getting ready um, to go back into the era of baggy jeans, combat boots, and music that transformed the 90s. But here's a sneak peek of the thrilling sounds you'll be jamming to this Friday at City Galeria, close to the Accra Mall, starting at 6 p.m., 
with just 150 CDs or 200 CDs. And it's DJ Quete on the ones and twos right here for us as we get ready for the Joy FM 90s jam. Well, you don't want to miss that. It's on Friday and um, it's happening at the City Galeria um, right here in Accra, close to the Accra Mall. It's happening at 6 p.m. Just get your tickets. It's 150 Ghana CDs. You know, you've stayed at home. We're outside. We're going outside on Friday. Get ready. Joy FM 90s jam. And that's how we wrap up tonight's edition of Newsnight. You'll enjoy 99.7 FM. There's more when you log on to myjoyonline.com. You got love for the streets. It's the DR.